My fiance's crazy entitled parents kick us out of their house on Christmas morning after we drove six hours just to visit them. And as a result, we are both completely devastated and absolutely appalled by their disgusting behavior. Here's what happened. So my fiance by the name of Dan, that's not his real name, as well as myself have been together for 10 years and only just recently got engaged. He's 35 and I'm 32 years old. Dan moved seven hours away from home in his early 20s just to escape his time toxic parents. We were together for four years before he was comfortable letting me meet his family, other than his narcissistic father and his evil stepmother. I met them before we officially started dating, the one time they visited Dan since he moved. In fact, no one else in his family has visited him once. I met everyone when we decided to move back for his job, which was closer to his family, but still about two hours away. We lived there for a year, didn't like it for various reasons, and moved back to the state where we met. The next year, we decided to spend Christmas with his family instead of mine for the first time. We spend every holiday with my family and honestly prefer it that way, especially now. They are great people and love Dan. So other than his general dislike of holidays overall, thanks to his parents, he has a good time. So we were invited to stay with his father and evil stepmother during our visit and we ended up agreeing to do just that. Things seemed to be going well the first couple of days. The evening before Christmas, Dan's stepbrother came over to see us. His father was not feeling well that day, seemingly hungover from drinking the previous night, but he would never admit that. So Dan's father and his evil stepmother stayed inside while we hung out in the garage, which was not attached to their home, so we just didn't disturb them. We were drinking, talking, and playing cornhole together. It was around midnight when the stepbrother went inside to use the bathroom. Apparently, Dan's father and evil stepmother told him to ask us to wrap it up and come inside, which the stepbrother forgot to tell us when he came back out. The next thing we know, Dan's father comes out and begins yelling at us for not listening when he told us to come inside. We were like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. We're coming in. We apparently took too long cleaning up to go inside because before we could, we were met with Dan's father and the evil stepmother standing in their doorway, screaming at us for being disrespectful, that we were supposed to be guests in their home and that it was supposedly bedtime, that when they told us to do something, we were supposed to do it right away. They were going off and I began to cry because at this point I still wanted to make a good impression and felt like I had done something wrong. Dan then told me to go inside and start packing our things, which I did. While collecting our toiletries, Dan's stepbrother found me and tried consoling me, saying that I did nothing wrong and that this is just how they are. Then the evil stepmother shows up, saw her son helping me and just lost her mind. She was yelling at both of us, saying all kinds of horrible things. Dan's stepbrother said, I'm done with this and went downstairs where Dan and his father were arguing. He told them he was leaving and the father then got incredibly verbally aggressive. Dan and his father continued to argue downstairs while the evil stepmother followed me around upstairs. I was throwing everything into our luggage as she blocked the door of the room that we stayed in. At this point, I wasn't even registering what she was screaming at me because I started having a panic attack. I started having tunnel vision, I couldn't breathe and I was shaking so badly that I I kept dropping things. So I went to the nightstand and took one of my anxiety pills I'm prescribed for emergency purposes. This evil stepmother saw me do this and said to me, what, you're a pill popper now? And started to scream other horrible things at me. At this point, I had had just about enough. I snapped and I turned at her and I screamed. I basically told her in not so nice a way to get lost and to leave me alone. This was maybe not the best idea since the evil stepmother is quite a large woman. Not really fat, more like she could 
could have been a decent football linebacker. She started coming in my direction when Dan and his father showed up. Having heard our most recent exchange, he managed to get them both out of the room and slammed the door. The evil stepmother opened the door just to try and continue the argument when Dan finally went off and somehow convinced them to leave us alone while we packed. We brought everything downstairs where the berating and arguments still continued. We tried to call an Uber, but Dan's father refused to let us because he didn't want an Uber driver knowing where he lived. Somehow it turned into Dan's father driving us to a hotel in silence. Later that day, we got our car, put the Christmas presents we bought on their doorsteps, and we left. We went to his older brother's house to see him, his younger brother, and his mother. They didn't seem that surprised by their actions, but they did apologize for them. We got the same reaction when we stopped by his older stepbrother's house as well. Dan's family are good people, but his narcissistic father and evil stepmother are so toxic. What makes me truly sad is that he still has hope that they might change. He still wants to have a relationship with his father and hopes he might come to his senses like his mom did. I'm disgusted with Dan's father and his evil stepmother, and I wish that we could just cut them out of our lives. That sounds like an absolute nightmare. Imagine driving all that way just to then get screamed at by two people who clearly have some kind of power trip that they wanted to exercise. Like, that is seriously insane. By the way, these people are in their 30s. No rational person would ever be like, you have to listen to what I say simply because you're a guest in my house. Like, sure, there are ground rules, but you can't make me go to bed. Like, that's just not going to happen. But at least this is a lesson learned that no, you should not spend time with this side of the family. These people are nuts, and honestly, I would not want anything to do with them either. So hopefully for the both of you, these two people play as little of a role in your life as possible because they are incredibly toxic and they do not have your best interest in mind. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My entitled professor's tests are way too hard and it's incredibly difficult for anybody to get a high enough grade with the class average being about 45%. So at the end of the year, I get malicious and I leave a bad review for this professor and it felt great because as a result, he ended up changing how he did his tests. Here's what happened. So this happened while attending a private university in the United States. I was generally very happy with the school and the teachers, with the exception of one. I was always very polite and respectful to the teachers that I thought were doing good at their jobs or at least doing their very best if it wasn't what I as an individual responded best to. But this guy that I'm going to talk about really tested my limits. I was a biology major and had to take two semesters of physics. I'm not particularly interested in it, but there are elements that I do find interesting. And while I wasn't excited for the class, I wasn't dreading it too much either. From the beginning, I didn't enjoy the method of teaching he used, but everyone learns differently and I'm fairly adaptable, so I did my best. This was algebra-based physics, which was the usual choice for bio majors and relied heavily on equations. By the first test, we were expected to have about 10 equations memorized to use on the test. The tests were usually about five to six questions, each with about four parts. So each part would be about 5%. The parts were dependent on each other. So if you couldn't answer part A, you couldn't even attempt parts B, C, or D. The first test nearly had me in tears when I realized that I couldn't even answer half the questions and was missing out on half the points without even having a chance to try because I couldn't remember an equation for one of the earlier parts. That was bad enough. Then the first class after the tests were graded, the teacher walked in and began explaining that the test scores were only 20% of your grade, the rest of which was based on homework, lab, and attendance. He told the whole class that if you get low scores on the tests, you can still pass 
the class, he said that our class average was higher than previous year's averages for the first test, and the average was 45%. My jaw dropped and my heart started racing. He handed back our tests and I got a 25%. I have never scored anything lower than 70% on any test before. I was a B average student. This simply did not happen to me. We had two more tests before the final, and each test added about 10 more equations onto the list. So there were about 20 for the second test and 30 for the third. I had disability accommodations for ADHD, so I asked them if they could help me with getting an equation sheet to have during the test because I'm unable to memorize that many equations. They told me they couldn't help me because they couldn't tell the teacher how to run the class. I asked the teacher about it, and he said that if I understood the material well enough, I would be able to come up with the equations on my own. He was also the department head, and I didn't think anyone above him would take me seriously. So I powered through, crying the whole day. My dad, who is very good at math and physics, helped me out as much as he could. I adapted well enough to start testing in the 60-70% to range. On the final exam, he provided us with an equation sheet, which was a full page of equations. I don't remember my exact score on the final, but it was around 80%. In the last couple of weeks of class, he told us that he encouraged everyone to participate in the university's anonymous class evaluations, and he would provide extra credit for those who showed him proof that it was completed. And he didn't want to know what was actually written, but simply wanted proof that we did it, as it all was still anonymous. He encouraged us to be thorough and honest. And so I decided, after having so much heartache and so much stress in that stupid class, I was going to enact some malicious compliance. I wrote a scathing yet professional evaluation of the way that he ran his class. It took me an hour to word it properly and almost ran out of character count on the submission page. No teacher should expect the majority of their students to fail the test. He shouldn't have to weigh the grades so that students still pass even when failing the tests. I learned very little from him, and that's what frustrated me the most. I was being charged almost $40,000 a year to learn, and he was completely useless to me and most of the others in the class. So while I was furious about the whole thing, the malicious compliance of getting five extra points for talking garbage about him when he asked us to be thorough was so satisfying that it was the only thing that got me through the last week of that semester and finals. I heard from another student who took his class the next semester that he told them he had changed a few things about the class based on the feedback that he got. I never knew how much it changed or if it really was for the better, but it sure was satisfying to hear that my feedback got to him. I still think about him sometimes and it still upsets me because he ran his class in such an ineffective way and it honestly all felt like such a big waste of time. Yeah, that teacher really does seem like a complete moron. I mean, it's pretty obvious that he knew that his tests were really terrible and that the way he was conducting them was completely counterintuitive. I mean, just look at his grading system. Only 20% of your grade would come from the test. So obviously there was some kind of problem going on here. They were way too hard. There was too much to memorize and it didn't account for all the other classes that these students would be taking. And from the sounds of it, that's just an undergrad class. Like seriously, this guy needed a wake up call. So good for the original poster for not only getting that extra credit, but also putting this guy in their place because this professor was making things harder than they needed to be. And if he had just made things a little bit simpler for an intro course, he probably could have avoided this negative feedback. An entitled man demands to go shopping on Christmas, despite the fact that we're about to close the store and we are politely asking him to leave. But he simply isn't having it as he throws a temper tantrum that I honestly didn't think that a grown man could throw. Here's what happened. So I work for the blue store with a yellow spark and have for 10 years, starting as an overnight temp, but 
but now work for the online department of a different store, mainly because it was closer to my at-the-time fiancé than the hour-long drive it would have taken one way. I had been working in the bakery and deli department, and as many know, the store closes the deli department at around 9 o'clock or so to give the associates time to get the department cleaned for the morning crew the next day. As it was well before the pandemic by a good five or six years, the store only had one day where the doors were not open to anyone, and that was Christmas. Back then, the store I had moved to was a 24-hour store, as opposed to the smaller one that I started in that was only open between 6 a.m. and midnight. The new store, which is the one I still work in, would be closed to the public by 8 o'clock Christmas Eve and wouldn't reopen to the public until 6 a.m. the next day after Christmas. Reasonable enough to allow the associates to spend time with their families on one day of the year. This particular Christmas Eve, I was working the closing shift at the deli, so from 11.15 until 8.15 that night, and as we got to 6 p.m., we closed our department. Standard procedure was to have one person in the back to wash the pans and cooking components of the hot side. One person would clean the hot side, and the rest, usually two or three, would clean the slicers on the cold cut side. It was going on almost quarter of eight. The announcement that we were closing soon emitted from the PA system, and asset protection was stationed near the doors to start turning people away as we closed, and I was busy cleaning up one of the slicers. It was then that we heard a commotion in the front of the store. Now, the thing of it was that the deli was right at the front, just off to the side near the registers, so we were about to get front row seats to this amazing piece of drama. Apparently, a man decided 10 to 15 minutes before closing that he absolutely needed to go to Walmart to shop. However, as he approached the store, he was stopped by AP and told that the store was closing and that new shoppers would have to wait until Christmas to do their shopping. His response was to rather loudly complain that Walmart never closes. He then barged through and began to argue with the AP about how Walmart should not be closed. Walmart never closes and how this was such a general inconvenience to him. It was this tirade he was spewing to security as he rounded this corner and I saw him for the first time and he looked in our direction. I will never forget what he said next, mainly because of the tone of his voice. Because as he was working and throwing his temper tantrum as a grown-up, he loudly proclaimed, Even the deli is closed. Why on earth is the deli closed? He said this as if we even had the audacity to not remain open so as to cater to his every whim. I just gave a look that basically said, Hey, we're not the ones that made the schedule or the rules, but we are following what we need to do, and I would like to go home to spend time with my family. I went back to work just as one of my co-workers by the name of Rob, that's not his real name, poked his head out from the back where he was doing dishes to see what was going on. The man was stopped from continuing into the store by members of AP, as well as management, then escorted out of the store. I would like to think that hopefully he was banned for all time, but I can't be sure, because I never really asked, and it has been six or seven years since this occurred. But I keep getting reminded of this man, and how he needed to shop at literally the last minute on Christmas Eve, and that if we didn't do this, this was honestly just going to be a big problem. How obnoxious can you get? I mean, seriously, it's Christmas Eve and you want to go shopping? Not to mention to Walmart of all places? Is this guy seriously on something? Like, why would you want to go there? And how does this guy seriously not understand that maybe just once a year, people should have the right to spend time with their family, especially around the holidays such as Christmas? This guy can't possibly expect everybody and their mother to still want to work on a holiday that is typically taken off and used as a day where you just spend time with your family and just relax if anything. So hopefully this guy's attitude straightens out in the future because expecting people 
people to drop everything that they're doing just to serve you in the most inconvenient time possible is simply not fair for the workers. My entitled parents refuse to believe that I can speak Mandarin, and no matter how much I try to convince them that yes, this is something I can do, they simply won't accept it, and instead just think that I'm being naive, and I honestly don't know what to do. Okay, so this is a weirder one, but it really hurts my feelings. For the past seven years, I've been studying Mandarin Chinese, four years of it by myself, then when I got to a new high school, I began taking their classes. I started at Mandarin 3 and breezed through it to 4, and now I'm dual enrolled in a local university, and I'm taking advanced Mandarin 1, and pursuing an associate's degree in Mandarin language and literature. I'm very proud of myself. Languages are my biggest passion in my life. In the time I've been learning Mandarin, I've also been studying Arabic and Thai, and have lower intermediate levels in both. My Arabic is good, but my Mandarin is definitely my best language other than English. The thing is, my parents don't believe that I speak it. In fact, when I mention being multilingual, they audibly scoff or attempt to call me out for lying. I'm taking a bilingual SEAL test this coming March to verify my fluency, or at least my literacy, in Mandarin, and I get good grades in my college Chinese classes, but they just don't believe me. If they don't believe in my best language, then you're absolutely right they don't believe in my other two. I get they're very skeptical people, but when I try to talk to them about my languages, they frequently interrupt me, telling me they genuinely just don't believe I speak it, and it's not like they're an authority on this anyways. My mother only speaks English, and my father failed French in high school. They also both think that Arabic is an ugly language, and they can't stand to hear me speak it, so it's not like they would want to listen to me to prove myself anyways. They say the only way they'd ever believe I'm actually multilingual is if a native speaker told them that I was fluent in their language, and that just hurts. It's like denying the seven years I've put into this skill that I'm very proud of, by the way, and just calling me a naive kid. I don't know how to express this, because I feel like they would put down my emotions like they're just trying to be good parents, and not delude me into thinking I'm better than I actually am. It hurts my feelings big time. The only times they're really proud of me are when I pursue skills they themselves have. For example, I'm taking a class in accounting, which is my father's career, and he thinks that's a very good idea, unlike my unprofitable degree of choice. I don't know what to do here. I'm not too keen on going out and finding my Mandarin friends and taking them to give a grade report to my parents just so they can believe me. That feels childish and it honestly is so frustrating and I simply don't know what to do. Your parents are incredibly toxic and I bet if anything they're just jealous that you can learn another language but they're too stupid to learn it themselves. That is such a sad state of affairs. Here they have a child who has spent the last seven years of their life dedicated to learning not only Mandarin but also Thai and Arabic. Which by the way all three of those languages are not simple. They're not easy ones to pick up and it takes a lot of practice just to be good at it. So the fact that you've gotten this far and you've learned so much and you've gotten so much practice out of it is probably the best kind of validation you could ever get out of this. Because you yourself know who you are. You know what you're capable of and you know for a fact that you can speak these languages. And for the sake of your own dignity and your own self-respect, I would not bring anybody around just to validate how they feel about this. Because even if you did bring somebody around who could prove and say yes, they know this language really well, they could even try and invalidate that person and try and claim that no, this is all set up and you don't actually know any of this. With the way these people sound and the way they're acting, I wouldn't be surprised if it took you going to mainland China itself just to prove to them that yes, I know how to speak this language and I'm your only hope of having any kind of transformation 
translator for this trip. The point I'm trying to make is that you need to do this for you and not for your parents. They clearly have shown their true colors for what you're interested in and they are not being supportive of your decisions in the slightest. Which, by the way, they're your decisions. You shouldn't have to take accounting just to appeal to your father. And personally, there are tons of jobs where people could use translators to make massive business deals or even help translate for political leaders or stuff like that. There are so many avenues you can go with this language, it's not even funny. If anything, it's only going to be towards your advantage moving forward. So don't worry about your parents. Get your associate's degree and live your life. Because even if they choose not to acknowledge your skills in these languages, your future job opportunities will be enough validation for you moving forward with your life. Because this honestly will only be for your benefit moving forward. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.